Ikigai is a Japanese concept that means a reason for being. This is similar to passion but holds a strong, purposeful connotation. Everyone, according to Japanese culture, has an Ikigai. Finding it requires a deep and often lengthy search of self. Such a search is important to the cultural belief that discovering one's Ikigai brings satisfaction and meaning to life. Hi, and welcome back to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. We're introduced to the concept of Ikagai today by our guest Harsha Makija, a mom to three, a Pilates instructor, and a self-proclaimed vagabond at heart. In most cases, people know what they're passionate about, but either assume it's not a viable career option or don't know how to go about pursuing it. Harsha believes she has found her Akagai. And how did she do it? I had signed up for a trek. So that was my intention to do a trek because in college days a friend of mine had gone and she came back with the most beautiful photographs and it was on my wish list. And I decided at 35 to go because um, I had to step back and reassess where my life came to from my college days and what I thought I wanted to be and where I am at. So I thought it was a time to reassess, restructure and um, make some changes. But I didn't really know what because I didn't know what I wanted anymore. And um, that's it. I just took some time to reflect. So I took a camera. I did a course on basic photography and I thought I was going to go on this trek. She never forgot the beautiful photograph she had seen back in college and had decided then that she would one day visit Leh, a city in the Himalayas in the northern state of Jammu and Kashmir in India. It was over 15 years before her plans came to fruition and then almost got cancelled. Yes, the trek was cancelled but I still went because the owner of the trekking company said that he was going anyways and if anybody wanted to join him we were welcome to mm -hmm. and once we were there we would figure out what to do. Not the trek but we would do some touristy things and there would be some uh, picture taking opportunities yeah. and there would be enough quiet time to sit around and do nothing. I just went with my intuition that even though it was cancelled, uh, something in me was determined to go. I was all bags packed and ready. I'm like, I do not care, trek or no trek. I am going with some strange random person who I have never met. And so she went to Leh just 21 days after one of the worst natural disasters hit Ladakh. In August 2010, a cloudburst resulted in flash floods, causing widespread damage across Ladakh, including the main town of Leh. In spite of the official trek being cancelled, Harsha felt compelled to go. And her reaction to first seeing the Himalayas was... It blew me away, the whole flight. Um, just when you pass Delhi and the Himalayan ranges start, and you look down and the mountain peaks, you know, from the flight, you look down, you, you think you can touch them. And then you're in for a huge surprise when the descent starts, because it's not a descent, it's a circular descent. And the entire time, the wings of the plane are so close to the mountains, you think, oh my God, do I say my final prayers now? Every single time you are, it takes my breath away. 
and then you land at 11,400 feet in the middle of the Himalayas and you see all these Indian um, Air Force planes and all the soldiers in uniform. My goosebumps had goosebumps because that spirit of patriotism took over me and every single time I revisit it, I have to, you know, put my sunglasses on because there are always tears. I don't know what it is, but there's something about that land and that soil and, or maybe it's just that there's less oxygen in the air. Yeah. So your brain stops functioning that much and maybe your heart kicks in. I, I don't really know what it is. This was Harsha's first trip to Leh and though there was no fixed schedule, one of the things planned on the trip was a visit to the Druk school, made famous by the Indian film Three Idiots. It was on the visit to this school that Harsha made an unexpected decision that changed the path of her life. En route to the school, we stopped at a relief tent in Choglamsar village and they had Red Cross and MSF relief tents there. And with us was the head of the Ladakhi Buddhist Association. He was friends with the gentleman I was traveling with. So we casually strolled into the tents to chat with the people. They did that, I was following quietly and sitting down and listening to their conversations. And he had a list of names saying that these are the families that have been recovered from the rubble. These are the children that have not been claimed by anybody. And after we finished that um, trip in the tents, we went to the Druk school where we met with the principal. And even that school was quite devastated and water had come down to like chest height. And he mentioned that they had collected some kids from the vicinity that night. In those 20 minutes, Ladakh received rainfall of what it receives in 10 years. So they had collected a bunch of kids like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones who were with their families. So by the time I caught them, 21 days, all of that had settled down. But there was this handful of people that were unidentified and unclaimed and nobody yeah. knew. And while we were at the school, the principal just mentioned, and that was that moment of, you know, me saying this, but I'm not actually saying it, but it's my voice, I'm not saying this, I will take care of them. I will sponsor them. So they were talking about giving the children to the army or to the monastery. And also they were chatting, all of them were chatting. I was a silent spectator, I didn't have much to contribute. It's just that when he mentioned that, you know, if no one comes forward to claim them, this is what's going to happen. And I said, I will pay for them, you keep them in the school and uh, I will come back and um, see what happens. Harsha didn't know how she was going to make it all happen at the time. But in that moment, she was certain she was going to find a way to make a difference. I don't think I felt anything. I just think I said it yeah. and all the feelings came later. It was a statement yeah. that keep them in the school, I will pay for them. Yeah. Because if they are in school, they're out of the cold, they have a hostel, they have an education, they have guaranteed food, water, supplies. So that seemed like the rational decision. How am I gonna do it? Yeah. Who's, gonna, gonna, do who's it gonna pay for this? Yeah. Where's the money going to come from? And then I thought to myself, okay, all of that will figure itself out. What I know is that I am not budging. This is what I will do. That I had clarity that this is what I'm going to do, but I did not know anything else. Harsha had witnessed the devastation the flash floods had caused. 
to the people and their habitat. And what she had witnessed was forever imprinted on her mind. We were walking on the ceiling of her house. So the entire house was submerged. And at one point, this guy even said that uh, some of the bodies are still there. We have not been able to dig it out because it was too difficult to dig with hand to remove. And the number of people that were died unaccounted for because there's so much illegal immigrants from the neighboring states that you don't really know who has died. There's no number. All the carcasses and dead bodies were cleared, but where we were walking, there was a teddy bear, um, many things. After committing to sponsoring the education of 15 to 17 children, Harsha had to come up with a plan to set things in motion. So when I emailed to my friends and family saying I've committed to this, and this is an approximate indication of cost, I cannot sustain this single-handedly. So everyone stepped forward and each person committed to the sponsorship of a child. So I couldn't transfer the money to the school because of the banking system and all that. So I had all these uh, checks with me and I flew back to count everybody and to see, uh, and then I handed the checks in and took receipts and took photographs and my proof and whatever at that stage felt right. Two months later, after her first trip to Ladakh, she flew back there with the money she raised and educated those children for that school year. This was definitely a time for firsts. The first time she met the children, her first brush with the brutal Ladakhi weather, this time around the temperature was minus 17 degrees Celsius. And finally, the first time she felt she had purpose. I think what happened is I went with an open mind mm -hmm. and what I realized that the reason what I was looking for was a purpose. Nowadays they call that word ikigai. What is that one thing that gets you out of bed? What is that one thing that adds that life force and joy to yourself? Why do you get out of bed? What is your purpose? What is that thing? Not your responsibilities, not your duties, not your social calendar, not your grocery list. What is it that one thing that makes you smile? And I think I found my purpose. That purpose is new life, new beginnings. In the drive there, on my first trip, this name dropped in my head because to me this was a new life and a new beginning. And for all the kids who were now um, in a different situation, because I said so, that this is what I'm going to do, and they didn't even know that this was what was happening. It was a new life, a new beginning for everybody, which is why I stuck to that name. Because I truly believe that it wasn't me, I was just instrumental. Yeah. And I truly believe that a normal, average Indian girl, mother of two, living in Dubai, so sheltered, would not be able to do that. There was something else I was, you know, making me do it. I was just going with my instinct. It was truly a new life and new beginning for Harsha as the number of kids whose education was sponsored have now grown to 50. What happened is with every trip that I made, I hung out more with them in the villages and I met more people and I made many friends and everyone came and said, oh, but I found these kids here, would you like to add two more? And there are five more here and this, that, and um, 
it just grew and I couldn't say no because simply because the response from the people in Dubai and my um, relatives and friends all over the world everyone was so eager to reach out that I couldn't stop if there was a sponsor in waiting and a child came forward it made sense to pair them and that's how it happened. Harsha believes that she's the in-between in connecting the dots as they appear and in doing so enriches the lives on both sides. There's a few different things here. The sponsorship, I've always had um, volunteers and sponsors come forward and say I would like to sponsor a child in which case the school raises an invoice to the child and the sponsor pays directly to the school. So I don't need to do anything there apart from inform the school to send the details of this child and the sponsor uh, is working directly with the school. I simply supervise on my trips to make sure that the child's academics, health, extracurricular activities and all of that is taken care of. So my job is to be in touch with the child and the sponsor when they come with me um, on every year some sponsors join me on a trip then it depends on how much more they want to be part of it and the other fundraising and how the money comes is again through people word of mouth who step forward and say I would like to but I don't want to sponsor but how else can I and then I offer them the different options that you could put in towards medical you could put in towards um, like for example the dental unit I have a friend in Delhi his name is Milan Mutgil he essentially did all the funding for the dental unit and Dr. Seema from Dubai came forward to say that I will arrange the volunteer dentist and run this project so all I did is just join the dots mm. and now we have a dental unit and we're hoping to expand to a dermatology and an ophthalmology unit in that same area. Harsha's commitment to providing a stable environment to the kids was recognized in 2016 when she was nominated for the Emirates Woman Humanitarian Award. I was very happy to be nominated because the other nominees were people who I would aspire to be like. You know, I came across this um, sentence today on Instagram. Um, to the strong women, may we meet them, may we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. And to be part of Emirates Women, this sentence sums it up. I was in a room filled with women that I wanted to be like. I want to raise my children like that. I want everybody to be like that. So I think how it impacted me was for the first time I was in a room with so many powerful women that I thought to myself, wow. It was that wow feeling. From when it all began in 2010, to date, the children have grown. Some are about to go to college and follow their dreams and aspirations, from joining the ice hockey team to becoming an IAS officer. Harsha continues to stay in the background, cheering them on while working on an idea she has brewing on the back burner. So what I was um, hoping to put together, which is my next plan, is to create an inspirational trip. And in that inspirational trip, 
bring together people who have something to contribute and as, um, I would like to pair one child with one um, person say for example if Nino comes and Nino's strength is um, mentoring someone for singing maybe or um, artwork art you know Nino does bindis I would pair them together for the week-long duration where the child would act as her tour guide and cultural experience provider and Nino would get to know them and facilitate this relationship because I think time is the most valuable thing that they require and the confidence of speaking in English and um, that's what I would look for a relationship yeah so I'm hoping that this inspirational trip um, happens at some point and people who step forward and say I have time to give then I would put it together um, so both can benefit it would be give and take yeah yeah money is one part of it but I think time is more valuable because you need to they don't have access to people from the outside world they don't have access to um, regular internet television anything do you know my growing up days, the most uh, inspirational person was my teacher, Mrs. Urmila Harchandani. I think my entire perspective on life now was fundamentally shaped by her in my growing up years. So I didn't have exposure to reality as we see it now because growing up in Dubai, we were very sheltered and very protected. So we didn't see anything or experience anything except on holidays the buds of thinking on these lines of you know what the world needs and how are you going to contribute in that was put in my head through her by her so this inspirational trip is going to be called Urmila my inspiration looking back at her life the one thing that stands out most for Harsha was having a good mentor to learn from and she's trying to provide similar opportunities for her children in Ladakh well, now what's happening is the older kids, you know, who are in the ninth, 10th, the number has increased. When they were young, it was very basic and fundamental. Now that they're 9, 10, 11, 12, then they're looking at me for what am I going to do next? Where shall I go next? What do you want me to do? So I feel it's important that other people come in who want to volunteer their time and pair up and become friends and help uh, and engage in this conversation with me to see where to go because I find it overwhelming to make life decisions for kids yeah. and to pull them out of their village when they've never been in a city and to encourage that thought process may not necessarily be a wise one so the mentorship is very important right now because it would give me an idea to understand who wants to do what so what's life like now that she has found Akagai? My heart lives in the mountains now. Just every couple of weeks, you know, in my free time, all I'm doing is looking at where shall I go now? Where shall I go? I want to pull my kids out of school and I want to take them with me traveling somewhere. I find this whole school system pointless. I find everything meaningless because I, I think that my 
the Pandora's box or whatever can of worms to search the meaning in things has opened and there's no closing it so every act and action that I do if it does not have any meaning in it for me if it does not have any purpose or enhances me or makes me more peaceful I can't do it I've had the privilege of being part of Harsha's journey of fulfilling her life with meaningful acts in 2016, I joined Harsha to walk across the frozen Chadar River in the Zanskar Valley, Ladakh, for eight days straight. The objective was to raise funds for the construction of a residential school so that children didn't have to risk their lives going to school through that route. It was then that I was able to gain more insight into her tireless efforts as a sponsorship facilitator, caring for and supporting these children. I keep one very important advice from her close to my heart to live every day with a purpose. The things that excite you are not random. They are connected to your purpose, follow them. Ultimately, discovering our Aikigai means we can live a life of joy, fulfillment and balance in our daily lives. Our passion, family, jobs are not isolated parts of our lives, but are interconnected. And it's at this intersection point we can find lasting happiness and contentment. We hope you've been inspired to begin your search for your Aikigai. Join us again next time for more inspiring stories on NRI Woman. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend and don't forget to rate us. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at hello at nriwoman.com or tweet us nri underscore woman. Stay tuned for the highlights from the next episode at the end of the show. You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website, nriwoman.com. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. Having all the experiences I have in psychotherapy and blah blah, I've gone into makeup which is completely opposite. People ask me that at this late uh, day, day and stage of your life, I mean makeup, seriously? But you know, this is the message I want to give out to everybody. Just go ahead and do what you love. What are you waiting for? New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe.